All right, everyone. Welcome to a a uh, how do I word this? One of our one of our three is not here with us today, having a little technical difficulties. Uh, the third episode, well, really the second working one of MJ's. Uh, I'm Gene, one of the hosts with John today, and uh, hello, <laughs> hello, internets. As uh, we get back on the grind here, we had a short little hiatus. Unfortunately, life gets in the way. Uh, for those of you with children and, and jobs, you know how that goes. But uh, we're here, and it's my favorite time of the year. It is March Madness. The tournament is upon us. And albeit different, as it's all in Indiana this year, you still have 68 teams vying for the national championship. And it's, like I said, my favorite time of the year, one of the best sporting events of the year. And I am thrilled that it's back. Be honest, though. Don't you find the schedule to be a little trippy? Because it it's is. not Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, which is just weird. It 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 really is because normally I take off Thursday and Friday, and that is my yeah. going into a hermit mode and just setting mm-hmm. up televisions and 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 computers or tablets or whatever, just consuming as much college basketball and eating cheesesteaks or wings or some greasy food. <laughs> And it's it's just weird because tomorrow I'll be watching the kids and not really I'll be watching the the playing games, but then Friday it gets going for real and the wife and I will be in Atlantic City, so. Well, Friday is like it's still playing games basically, but it's no the better Friday's, playing. Friday's real. Oh no! Right? No! 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 I thought we were playing Friday. Uh, hold no, on, you're Thursday on, night on. ten ten p.m. tomorrow night. You're the main event. How are they staggering this? Because I could have sworn I read the brackets don't have to be until Friday. So for those for those oh, of right, you who right. are not in the loop, John is a proud alum of Michigan State, and I would think a huge fan of Sparty. I miss I miss, I mess up the days. I thought it was Friday, but it's really Thursday. That's embarrassing. Sorry, guys. No, see, <laughs> you might have mixed it up. The women's tournament is probably going into Tuesday because everything's just out of whack. Or you could have been thinking of the NIT. I don't know. Which they're still playing, by the way, which I don't get. I I read a good article about this. You know, we got to not call these guys amateurs anymore because the only reason they're doing this is because the TV contracts are just too high. And these they're basically forcing these college athletes to live in Indianapolis for how many weeks? If they, I mean, Three. if you get to the... Three. Yeah, I mean it's crazy, and they're not allowed to leave their, they're not allowed to leave their hotel rooms. It's just weird. It's not, it's different. I mean, the NBA playoff bubble was one thing, but to force a bunch of what you call student athletes to do this, and then have what two teams that actually have COVID scares, and then no practice. It's just it, the whole concept is just funky to me when I think about it. now. Does that mean that I'm going to bet heavily against those two teams that have uh, COVID scares? Yes, of course. <laughs> well, one of those teams is uh, UVA, and that's that's a sore spot in this household as my wife is an alum and keeps saying they're the two-year defending champs, which makes me want to gag, but, you know. By the way, um, do, does, do we do that in any other sport? Like, I mean, no, I don't – you don't get to call yourself that, one. Two – you know, 
that whole championship should not have happened in my opinion. Well, it, here's the thing, and <laughs> it's 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 what actually drives me up the wall is mm-hmm. that all these teams probably from the Sweet 16 on had legitimate shots at beating them, and it it comes down to executing one or two plays that they didn't do and UVA did, and that's why they're the champ. I mean, you could contend in the final four with the Auburn game that there was a travel that wasn't called. But no, my issue is like just I mean, we just before we got on, we were talking about like who wants to see Auburn, who wants to see Texas Tech, <laughs> it's, well, UVA and Michigan State were the only two teams in that group that you're like, oh, okay, I, you know, I don't know, we, we should go back and see how what the viewership was like for that final four, but it wasn't, I don't know, yeah, I. It wasn't like a game that had star power like uh, Jordan versus Ewing or Magic versus Bird. But even there's years where I think the Kemba year, I thought the Final Four itself, uh, I think what, I think uh, Connecticut was there. Or not Connecticut, uh, Kentucky was there too. But I, I thought that even though you had kind of a team that nobody expected, it was still, you had some star power. I mean, the worst one ever was the uh, Butler versus Duke, where it was just the most boring game ever. And no, it was just... I, think, I think Butler-UConn was worse because Butler shot like 20% from the floor for the game. That's true, too. I think that, that was, was back-to-back years. Yes, it was, yeah, with Brad Stevens. It was just, it was atrocious to watch. Atrocious, yeah. The, the uh... Butler-Duke game almost became one of the greatest upsets of all time. If Gordon no, 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 actually, I meant three. the Butler, I meant, I meant Butler-UConn. That's what I meant. The, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. I was talking about the. I was talking about the team, team that didn't have Gordon Haywood. It was like Ronald Norad and they still Matt had Howard, Mack, didn't they? They had Sheldon Mack. Yeah, but it was it was that Shabazz Napier that was and Napier's team. Kevin Ollie, coaching. a bunch of yeah. yeah. The irony is, is that that whole you know UConn is completely not the same, and Butler is completely not the same, and just the irony. But uh you want to get into brackets? Yeah, this is – I don't know how to describe it this year. It's just – I don't feel, like, super confident about any one team. I'll, I'll preface it with this. I've got Gonzaga winning it all because I just – I just don't see it elsewhere. Let me let, – let's go a different route as opposed to that way. Who do you actually think could potentially win it? Let's go each, each region and just kind of, of – t- the Gonzaga region – do you feel like anybody else in the Gonzaga region potentially could make a run and get to the finals, let's say? Outside of Gonzaga? I actually don't think Iowa can do it. And I'm a Big Ten guy, so. I think Garza's got to play out of his mind. Well, the problem with Garza is that uh, you saw it against uh, Illinois. When you get an actual big man that is athletic, he can't really – He's got to use that old YMCA mind game thing, and it doesn't really work because <laughs> he's going to get his twenty and ten, but it's going to be a lot harder. And he, that's I, I don't um, I don't like the idea. And they're kind of one of those teams. Remember when Duke lost to LSU, and it, like they just blanketed JJ Redick, they blanketed all their shooters, and it just became like I can see they're very similar to that Duke game where. You've got an interior guy and a bunch of shooters, but if you get a couple wings that can just kind of blanket the wings and you go one on one against cars, I don't think you can. I don't think they can beat anybody. 
um, just by trying to outshoot them that way because I feel like they're not going to shoot well. And I also think that teams that are overly three-point conscientious and then one post player, it tends not to work that well. Well, you live and die by it, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, you have to be out of your mind hot from three. And I think that watching them in the Big Ten tournament, they can get back into a game, but I feel like at the end of the game when they need an extra couple, two baskets at the end of the last minute, it's a real struggle because they have to swing everything around and they just don't have a go-to guy that can just get them a basket. And that's why I think in this region, I can't imagine Gonzaga getting any trouble. You want to go to the East? Well, Let's go to the East is, region. This is go the ahead. reward for being the number one seed overall. You get technically what is, quote-unquote, the True. easiest region. I mean, but you- we – We've seen it where the the best number one has the hardest hardest trip too. So we've seen it both ways in other years. So that, I don't I don't know. It, it should be that way, but I can make the argument that I think the Midwest region is a lot tougher. I think with Midwest, yeah, the Midwest region is a lot tougher than the West region by a lot. And I think in that case, Illinois would be the two the second number one, second rank number one. So I don't know. Uh, but I'm with you. I think that Gonzaga, there's nobody in this region that this is not a normal Kansas year. It is not a no, not at UVA. All. Is, yeah, UVA is not practiced for a week and a half, and we'll talk about that when we get into our major upsets. But let's go to the East region and talk about if we had, there are any other teams that we think could make it to the finals. Well, definitely I, I would give it to Michigan. Um, and I I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I'm a huge Shaka Smart guy, and I think Texas yeah. – I think I don't trust. We kind of talked about this earlier. The SEC is just weird this year to me, um, especially with Kentucky being down. It's like I don't even know how to gauge them. And I know yeah, Alabama is pretty good, but it's like if and of all the 15s you get, you get Rick Pitino at and Iona. It, that's not it something feels... I don't want that game. No, no I don't either. I, that's the other thing I started realizing was if I am Alabama. I'm annoyed because most 15s seed teams don't have a two-time national championship coach. <laughs> yeah, and a guy a guy's that, taking five schools to the tournament. Yeah, but additionally, the, the guy knows how to change defenses, change momentum. He'll press you. He'll shoot a lot of threes. It's, it's just I would be uncomfortable if I was Alabama. But, plus, he's got a week to prepare. Correct. And so, I think that – He's not planning for the second game. He's just saying, I'm going to figure out everything possible to beat Alabama. Whereas when he was at Louisville or Kentucky, he actually had to plan. He's always, you know, his system was more like, this will work with everybody. No, he's scheming for Alabama. Of and course. It's, it's a little different. Uh, um, Florida State, I, I actually, too. I'm actually. Florida, yeah, that was a third team I said was Texas, Florida State, and Michigan. Now, we can get into Michigan. We'll, we'll we'll talk about each region, but I like this. I, I always like doing this where you you list off the teams you think could actually win it, and then you go each region because that's how I, I kind of fill out my bracket. In the South, um, I think Baylor, yes, for sure. Ohio State, definitely. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna say a very weird. You may not agree with me. You might be bitter because your boy Max McClung. No, I was going to say Texas Tech too. Texas Tech because they can def- they can literally clamp down on any team, and this year they've got a few more. I mean, with McClung, you got a guy that can actually score. Now I don't. A lot of things have to go their way for that to happen, but I do think that they've got potential at 
at that at a six seed, yeah, I actually can see that. Uh, but those are the three teams. I, you know, Villanova's. You know, if Gillespie was healthy, I would totally pick them. But no, they're not the without teams. Gillespie, I just you know, they just looked horrible. I mean, Finally, Midwest. Here's another. Go for it. I mean, yeah, Illinois. Illinois is extremely talented. Yeah. I mean, Houston's supposed to be a good team, but I could see Rutgers beating them, and that that's a ten that I got beating a seven. I think I think Rutgers actually has a good draw here, but that they wouldn't get past that point. <sighs> Oklahoma State, I'm kind of iffy on. They they look pretty decent in the Big Twelve tournament, so yeah. they're, they they've got momentum on their side, but I don't know. It's... So this is the region where I said. Um... This is the region where I said, firstly, Illinois, I think we discussed this a week ago. I actually thought Illinois was overrated because I'd seen them play a couple times and they both uh, they had lost. But when I watched them in the Big Ten tournament, I started realizing they've got a bunch of versatile players. They've got shot makers. They've got creators. They've got big men. They've got everything you need to win it. However, I also think – Teams that come out of nowhere tend to not just dominate the tournament. Um, unless, but it, not from major conference. Like Butler, Butler did it. But you get what I'm saying? It's more like when uh, in the ill. There's, there's a thing to say about momentum because that one year uh, we were <laughs> talking about before with Kemba. Yeah. Well, the way UConn just ran through and it, it led them all the way to the national title. I mean, that is. Oh, the- no, no. I'm talking about what I'm talking about is UConn has been there. They've got a coach. I'm talking about Illinois has been nowhere since 2005. It's 15 years. They've well, no, that, literally... team, that team was pretty stacked in 05. Correct. But, but no, they they, have... they've been dancing since, haven't they? They've been dancing. But what I mean by that is they're not, they're not of the upper echelon teams. And what I mean by it, it's kind of like that Baylor factor. Do we really think Baylor can really play three straight weeks well enough to get to the finals? And I don't think so just because they flamed out in the Big 12 tournament. Um, and so for me, the only hangup I have about Illinois is are they battle-tested enough in the Big 10 to figure out how to adjust to different styles to play when you're not shooting well or you're in foul trouble? I don't know that, and but they do have those fact. I have like three or four big factors: point guard play. To do you have an NBA, a couple NBA players, and do you have a solid big man? And they com- they hit all of them because what's his name? Uh, I can't say his name. They yeah, got. I know. They, I know. It's 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 a hard Diablo name. Diablo Diablo or something like Diablo, and then they got uh, Kofi. Uh, is it Kofi? I'm, I'm blanking on the names and I had a, but they've got those guys. I like, I like their guard play. I think they're of you. What you said, I actually thought that, um, cause Grimes is Houston's point guard and Grimes is not a Houston point guard. He was actually from Kansas. He went to Kansas, transferred to Houston. So, I actually believe that one thing that Houston didn't have the last time, I actually picked them two years ago, and they got to the Elite Eight, and I think they lost to Michigan. Yes. Isn't that it? I, was it On no, a shot. No, that was an Elite Eight. That was second round. So second round, yeah. Um, uh, what was he? I can't remember now. 
but I, I, I he, there are certain coaches. Samson's a good coach. All um, oh, by he cheats or he's cheated. <laughs> but uh, it's a weird region because, um, you know, I like Loyola Chicago the way they've been playing. But here, here's the other one too. We didn't even mention Huggy Bear, and this is a this is a weird Huggy Bear year. I know they were good for so long, and they've lost, I think, three in a row. Yeah, but the weird thing about this Huggy Bear team is, is that they're not defensive. They're not like a. They're not the beat you up team that he traditionally. Yeah, has. they don't press you. They're actually shooting the ball this year, and so I, I don't know. It's, it's equivalent to when um, Beeline left. That first team that Huggy Bear got was actually a bunch of Beeline's players, and I actually thought that that team was solid and i think he took him to the final four <laughs> yes yeah and then he got and that's that, what i mean then he had that key injury or yeah D, uh deshaun butler yeah uh, blew his knee out and so you're right the other team that i, I mean, you're not going to agree with me you probably i hate to say it but for whatever reason syracuse in that zone is always annoying teams and i never understand Bayheim hasn't changed his defense in 30 years and everybody's shocked to yeah, everybody's shocked to see the two two three zone, but, the matchup zone, and it is amazing to me that his talent level has gotten down over the last five six years. They're no longer getting like Kamal Anthony or players like that, and they're still kind of tournament time. They always like, they they upset us when we had a stacked team. They went to the final four, I think that year. What weren't they a ten or something ridiculous or nine or something? 10 or something like that. So that's what I mean is like I I just yeah, they're there's... not they're not because I got Buddy Beheim who can just make shots. I could see it happening. I just it's it, it's not that I I'm not guaranteeing it. I'm just saying this region has a lot of teams where I say, "Oh, that could be a problem." Just from Styles. You're right. Rutgers potentially could beat Houston or I could see Houston winning it this region. I could see Illinois re- I could also see Oklahoma State having um, Cade Cunningham playing Carmelo Anthony ball and getting him in the Final Four. I don't think they're going to win it, but, it's, you know. It's, it's wide open. Correct. It's very wide open. Uh, so let's go into each region. Let's start from – you want to start from the West and talk about who we think major upsets, what we think is probably going to happen? Uh, so I just call this the Gonzaga Invitational. Um <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I I honestly I don't know. Consider this analogy with me. I've I've actually started to compare Mark Feud almost to to Tarkanian levels in the sense of like sustained excellence. At I, I agree uh, with that. At, I can at, I totally agree with that. Although he didn't, or Tarkanian would recruit anyone. I don't think Feud yeah. at that guys stage. that can't read, can... <laughs> <laughs> guys with rap sheets, rap but... sheets, guys with drug problems. <laughs> But you know what? It was some of the best ball I've ever seen. Um, but I think now that 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 views had that for like it's almost been twenty years now. It's a, it's almost like uh, Gonzaga is like a major in a mid-major conference, and they're just going to be top dog forever. And they get these talented players, and you see it now. This they're twenty-six and zero as they they just ran roughshod through their conference, but they did beat up on UVA and they beat a couple good teams. And I mm-hmm. just don't see it in this bracket. Like we said with UVA, they're not practicing at all. And Ohio is a hot team that's they've, they've had a history of upsetting teams before. Mm-hmm. I witnessed it firsthand as they beat up on Georgetown. Correct. So Correct. 
it's not something that's like oh my god like okay and creighton how can i how can i be high on creighton when i just saw the hoyas smack him by 25 in the big east final yeah that was you know? that was shocking to you know they were very solid all season long and then they got destroyed dismantled yeah, destroyed at the time. Wasn't Georgetown below five hundred record wise? Well, they point? lost to. Here's the weird thing about the Hoyas season: they had a COVID outbreak, and when yeah. they came back, Ewing changed the lineups, and they've been playing. I think they're nine and four since that COVID spell. That's interesting because I think Michigan State has had the similar. I think we had a COVID scare, then we went three games in a row, and then our first home game I think was Iowa, and we got blown out by thirty. <laughs> and our, we are our, our supposed point guard who was not very good in the first place went down with shoulder injury so uh, it's just been one of those it's i mean it's ironic because both those teams are considered kind of these upset darlings and yet when you look at it you're kind of like george sounds playing better now and this whole argument they played four games in a row maybe they'll flame out and i was like no 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 uconn did it and we've already seen it so it's like that momentum plays as long as you start the game fast in my opinion it if you start the it, game lows yeah i i've seen it work both ways using the yeah. big east as an example that one year with syracuse with mcnamara where he won yeah. every game in the big east tournament they they expended all their energy there and then they flamed out in the first round oh they played an actual good vermont team though they had a really solid vermont team if i remember right was that they was, had, McNamara, uh, was mcnamara on the team that lost to vermont yeah, McNamara and Hakeem Work. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Like, met with McNamara and Warwick there, they were just barely on the the bubble. Well, they had TJ Sorrentine, and I had – was it Taylor Coppenrath? Taylor Man, Coppenrath I can't remember. Was, yeah, Coppenrath was on Vermont. I remember him quite well. Correct. But they had Sorrentine, who was quite a good point guard, and so it was point guard, point guard, and then, like, big against, you know – I've always said the two-three zone. If you get a good t- shooting team, two-three zone, you can eat it alive. And kind of that's what happened. They ate it alive because they shot over it. So, uh, so this is a Gonzaga region. I'm a I'm a full agreement. I think the guard play is good. I think they're they can play. I mean, they can just score. And I think that there's not a team that scare. If, if Syracuse was in their region, I'd be like, okay, they're gonna have an issue against Syracuse. But even if Syracuse is in their region, I'd say they're gonna shoot over the Syracuse they zone. Should handle- so. Like, SC could be scary. I could see him beating Kansas, but I can't see him getting through to the Final Four. Correct. So, here's the thing. All right. This is the region where I can see tons and tons of gambling fun. One, uh, UC Santa Barbara could easily keep up with Creighton. So, that's a great... I've seen people call that one. Yeah. That's a great... Hey, if you just want to do a parlay and you want to pick both the four, you want to pick the 13 and the 12 seed right there... I really, really think that uh, if you want to do that, it's a great idea because I have no idea how not practicing for 10 days before the NCAA tournament and basically flying into a city, you're not allowed to basically do anything. You play the game and I, there's just no way. And Ohio is just hot and they're, they've got a really good player. I can't, I can't remember his name, but I was the other team um, in this region that – you know, if you wanted to go like deep, deep, like because their name is Kansas, East, Eastern Washington, potentially, again, this is a team that probably hasn't practiced much. They haven't played in what ten days, or it's a little longer than uh, UVA. So they're going to be down a big man. Um, 
I just think it's going to take time for them to get in some rhythm. I really think that game is not going to be a blowout. Like, you know, I, I don't know what the spread is, but I could t- totally see the spread being – hold on. It's uh, – let me see what the spread is. Have they put the spread up on the website yet? It should yet? be up by now. No, no, I'm talking about did they put it up on uh, CBS Sportline for each. So Sportline is saying there's 95% 95% of users are picking Kansas. And I, it just it's, – it's, I just think it's a classic situation where how is it to put both the, the COVID problems in the same region, <laughs> which I think is just funny. Uh... Um, so here's my other question for you is uh, we know the top is going to be Gonzaga. Who cares who they play in the Sweet 16? On the bottom, who, do you do you think this is a mismatch of any of the teams? Do you think Iowa is going to cakewalk in, or do you think that it's going to be – I think Iowa and Oregon is going to be a good game. Like usually I, I like VCU, and I watched the A-10 final against the Bonnies this year, and I was not that impressed. I, I don't think it's a – typical vcu squad so i think oregon's gonna take that in the seven and that's a sleeper for a lot of people but like i can't i can't like say definitively you know iowa should be in the elite eight it's just no i'm the same way i i I fully agree with you i i've watched them play early in the season and i was utterly impressed but when you watch them play against really good defenses what they basically do is they single coverage Garza and they basically say, you guys got to, you other guys have to either shoot over us or you have to run everything perfectly to get your shots. And yeah, in the tournament, it just doesn't work that way. They don't execute that. Yeah. But they're also a hot. They're a hot two weeks away from going to Final Four too. <laughs> so yeah, this is it's one possible. Of those, this is one of those things. Like yeah, I ex- fully expect Gonzaga to be there. But I mean, the way this year is going, if they got knocked out, would I be that shocked? No. No, I wouldn't either. But like I said, this is the year where I've said that. I mean, we've talked about it. One, the records are ridiculous. If you look at some of these records that are in, you're just like, wait, what would that be if they played like four more games and. The other thing I noticed was in the Big Ten, there were a lot of 80, 78 games, and I haven't seen that in years. And somehow the offense is back and the defense is not. And when I see seasons where there's more offense, what I end up realizing is defensive teams end up dominating in the tournament <laughs> and it just or super talented teams. So that Florida team was ultra defensive, but they're talented. And they faced – when they went the second time, they faced – Ohio State because Ohio State was just stacked. But I but, will tell you one thing that is a great equalizer in the tournament, especially with the mid-majors, is experience. Yeah. I mean, if these guys are, true. Very if true. they played two, three years together, that, that pays off in March. But so, you do realize, you and I are super, super uh, college basketball fans. This year, I can't tell you how many teams have a ton of experience anymore because some of these teams, I'm like, wait. Because we didn't have a tournament last year, the other thing is, None of these players stay. Some of these mid-major teams, yeah, they got four-year players, and we can get into that. But if if you look at it, but it's it's like, maybe Florida State has a few guys. That, uh, yeah. Michigan's got a few guys. Um, it's it's actually we'll get to Florida State later, but um, it's it's one of those things like like we said about Iona, right? Patino's yeah. going to be there. He's not getting one and done guys. So like next year or in two years, those guys are going to be playing under him for like two three years. That could True. be a problem. Yeah, that's very true. You know, 
or or not that they made the tournament this year but with the whole social justice movement and um oh my god i forgot his name but the top recruit that went to howard could we start seeing can i say can i say why did he do that i I get his point of view in some ways but uh, it's about exposure if you want to do that go to georgetown Go to Georgetown. Why not go to Georgetown? Oh, I'll take that in a heartbeat. But <laughs> that's what I'm saying is it's not that you know it's not that far from Howard. Yes, but that's <laughs> but the, the the population at Georgetown it's a misnomer. That's not a black school. No, no, no. That's not what I mean by that. Is, is no, that, but that's uh, why he was the 80s, going. In the 80s, was there a more considered black school than Georgetown? No, no, not at all. <laughs> that, that's no, what I mean. Is, not, is not, that... not with Big John there throwing his fist. Yeah, up. No. Big John. He, you know, he didn't recruit white players, and when they asked him why, he goes, why should I? <laughs> he was kind of his attitude. Um, I loved it. And then, you know, I've lived in D.C. for 14 years now, and when Big John did his radio show, he went off when uh, Georgetown had a, a walk-on white guy, and the crowd went ballistic. Oh, and then Trent he got Hillier, a, a, that's, that's when Trent I was Hillier. in school. Yeah, he was a, he he was went a ballistic on the football team, too. He went ballistic. No, I'm talking about the other guy. What's his name? Oh, the guy, the 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 guy who was the um, state basketball player of the year in um, Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nate Lubick. He, um, Lubick. Lubick. Yeah. Lubick was a walk on, and every no, time. No, Lubick was he, recruited. Uh... I think. Oh, was he? He, was, he would come he off the bad. bench. No, he Lubick started at least towards the. At towards the end, but his first season, every time Lubick got off the bench, the crowd went nuts, and he's like, "Why is it that?" These Georgetown fans don't get excited for the tenth and eleventh man that's black. You know, still laugh because I was like, I was like, because every school has that garbage white guy, and Lubick was really good, so it's different. But you know, that's what I mean. Is I get what he was trying to do in some ways. What I don't understand is this is not the this is not the era where you do that. It's about exposure. If you want to get in there, like you want to get in the NBA, you got to be able to play in March Madness, and you're but, not going to. Yeah. It's it's weird because if you get a couple of your buddies to go with you, who's to say you can't become like a Loyola with um, Gathers and Bo Kimball? I, I mean, we both know. We both know that it's a different era. You it, know, it, the it, package it, deals. The package deals are packaged because of other reasons. So. <laughs> uh, I don't even want to touch that with a ten foot pole. Yeah, 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 that's what I mean. I, I, I don't want to go there either. But there's another topic. But we love college basketball, so let's not go on that topic. But that's what I mean. Is it? I get what he was doing. I just think that if you really wanted to do that, there's other. I don't think. There's other. I don't think you can do it alone at a school like that. I think you correct need a crew. And I don't what even was get it? the crew. Yeah. Trey Ziegler went. He was a McDonald's All American. He re, he. I think he got recruited by Michigan and Michigan State. He accepted a scholarship to Michigan, and then he decided he wanted to play for his dad at Central Michigan. That guy did not play. I mean, he had potential to be a very good player, and you don't even know who he is, probably because he played at Central Michigan because he wanted to play for his dad. It's the same kind of rationale. It's like. Uh, it, so it, uh, it's weird. Like, remember Dewan Wagner? He could have gone anywhere, and he goes to Memphis. Wasn't that a package deal because his dad was coached? Yeah, Calipari. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Those are my, those are the weird package deals I'm talking about. But let's move on to the East region because we can talk about this topic, and it becomes like blue trips if we talk about the packages. Uh, uh, blue chips just made me think of Shaq, and I was just thinking um, – uh, we could talk about it later, but did you watch the uh, TNT documentary on Inside? No, I didn't get to watch that part. I watched uh, two of the 
two of the four. I have not watched it's actually, all of them. It's pretty good, but anyway, this reason... By the way, Shaq just said last night that he wanted the WNBA to lower the rims because uh, more people will watch the games if the women could dunk, and I started laughing. Well, McGrady said complete... the same... McGrady said the same thing to Brianna Stewart. You should have seen the incredulous look on her face. Let's yeah. be honest. It doesn't matter if the women dunk or not. It's just the game's different looking. It just visually looks different. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't I, matter I, about the dunking. I, I, I sound like a Neanderthal, but I'd probably be more entertained if they dunk. I I used to love watching Maya Moore because I thought she and, – and Diane Trossi play like men. They both play like men, and I used to watch them play because – they would just cross guys over, or they could cross guys over, they could cross women over, and they're just like deadly shooters and everything. I necessarily don't think the dunking thing is a big deal. In fact, sometimes I enjoy it when, like, I have a newfound appreciation for guards that lay the ball up because who cares? <laughs> oh, I, right. I, I care. I, I was in New Jersey. I was in New Jersey when Vince Carter was here, and the, those that's were true. Fun Never days. mind. I forgot. I forgot about the Vince factor. But yeah. I, I, the whole dunking thing is. Well, it's different. That's, a, that's another thing because the dunk contest this year was a joke, which we could go into if we want. It's a steaming pile of garbage, but let's yes. talk about that after this because so, I want to talk about this region. So let's this talk about the Michigan region. dear to my heart. Well, of course, because your team's there. And yes, I, and I think I'm Colorado the... is definitely beatable. The only problem for me is, and there were people, I mean, the, the guys on Fox were like, oh, this, this could be a Sweet 16 team if you're not careful. Florida State is probably the worst matchup we could get in the second round. Potentially, yes. Well, I, one, they're ridiculously – every year they go 10 deep, which I can't understand because they lose very, like three guys every season. They're very athletic. Yes. They're long, athletic, and they this year they're actually shooting better. Right. All years they can't shoot. What, what I, I tell you what kind of surprised me, uh, especially with the Creighton game and watching it more intently, was like it looked like the Ewing Hoy is on defense during certain stretches. Like, I will say the thing that they that I was shocked about was early in the season when I watched them play, I said they got a lot of turnovers and their defense is atrocious. Uh, you can blow by them. Uh, he's found a rotation that works, and they're playing hard, which is one thing. And then their guard play is just randomly very good all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. And, but it, and I think – it, it It just changed, though, like I said, like with the COVID outbreak, right? Um, they're playing a couple guys now. Well, Harris came out of nowhere. He just he was yeah, almost outstanding player places, in the Big yeah. East tournament. He was averaging like four points a game like the last five games prior. Um, the transfer, I think, I can't remember where he came from. Belay. But yeah, once yeah. they started playing him, they've actually played better. And Wahab's actually a big man in the Georgetown mold. So uh, I know Colorado um, is a really good team out of the Pac-12, and I. And I have that West Coast bias. And I actually called one of my buddies who went to mm. SC for grad school and was trying to get the scouting report on Colorado. Um, and he was just saying, yeah, they beat a 22-win SC team three times this year. Uh, they're, they're pretty legit. but The problem this year, and I think we've talked about it, uh, because non-conference schedule almost is non-existent, it's hard to evaluate. Um, oh, I think for sure. That's the, the thing about – I mean, we've watched – we watch a ton of college basketball. It's obvious when you watch this year, ACC is not as good. The Big Ten is very good, I will say. I'm not trying to talk about it because I'm a Big Ten guy. No, it, This is it more is. of just – the Big it Ten is. is very, very good. But I, I'd I argue the Big 12 is pretty good this year too. And the, I the don't Big 12 is the other, I think the Big 12 is number two this year. 
Uh, ironically, this is both of our regions because if Michigan State wins a playing game, we're playing in the same region. <laughs> but, yes, but I actually see Michigan State beating BYU and moving on. Correct. But, I mean, I, I think the funny part about this whole bracket is that um, it is every every – Almost every other game, I feel like, has a very solid storyline. Um, and I – back to the Florida State. Like, look, I actually think Georgetown's going to win against Colorado. But then I started you, – you, again, it's so difficult to evaluate teams because the non-conference schedule means that you cannot evaluate who did you beat outside of, you know, USC – Cal, Cal, UCLA. There's just no way to evaluate that. And I think that even from a – even Georgetown, you just kind of like, you know what, they looked really good at the end of the season, but, you know, are they ready to play a Florida State or are they ready to play – and I think the reason you and I are talking about the Big Ten or the Big 12 is because when you play a Baylor, you play a Kansas, you play a Oklahoma State, you play a Texas Tech, it's a grind of a game – different styles and everything. And the same in the Big Ten, Michigan, Ohio State, even Michigan State that was terrible. We beat two number one seeds and a two. Ohio State just shoot. And Illinois has just been a complete out-of-nowhere team in the Big Ten. And then even in Iowa, you had Iowa, you had Wisconsin who plays a different style. It's just there's a battle-testedness. So what's interesting about this is I always – I'm with you that the eye test would say pick Georgetown. But the problem with that is that Nobody knows anything about the Pac-12 this year just because, you know, with COVID yeah. and there's just so much on the West Coast that was just different, even for the football season. I, I just don't know. I would bet money on Georgetown, but it feels like everybody's betting on money in Georgetown. So it, it almost feels like you should zag, like, you know, everybody's zigging, you should zag. <laughs> it's almost like it might be better to go to Colorado because everybody seems to be picking Georgetown. And it it's weird because I wonder if everybody – you excluded because you and I talk about Georgetown every year. We talk about it. Is this a little bit of an overcorrection on the fact that Georgetown seems like they're back and everybody wants to see it? I'm asking there, that from a different point of view of like – There is a part it, of it. I mean, Vital used to say a lot that for college basketball to be whole in the Big East, you need Georgetown to be good. So it's something hmm. that – people I agree. Been waiting for for years yeah. and for pat to do it and and trust me at the beginning of the year the the the, the base was calling for his head in some parts yeah of course and I, I, really like I said, difficult we talk about this because you had three guys on the team that were um all big east freshmen and they were all gone right mm-hmm. um and last year's team had yurt seven who transferred from nc state and he missed most of most of the second half of the season and they, they were still playing hard for Pat, and it was like, huh, all right, we, we know McClung's leaving. That that was a big blow, and the expectations were really low. And then they weren't they were projected to finish dead last. They almost came in 500 in the conference, and you're like, okay, this is pretty good to begin with. And, I'm, mm-hmm. and I would have taken one win in the Big East tournament, but, you know, I'm not going to pick against them. And then when they beat Villanova, I, regardless of whoever's injured, Still, that's a big deal. That's impressive. No, don't get me wrong. It's a big deal for us. And then Seton Hall had given us problems, even though we split with them in the regular season. We handled them. And then out of nowhere, this freight train came through on Creighton. And and I I was terrified that game because they they started out so cold. 
and then to be up 30 after the way they played the first five five minutes of the game i'm like oh my god where where has this team been so yeah it's it's a little hoya paranoia coming back and then correct and, and then on I the mean. back and, end of it too he's got a, like the number 10 recruiting class next year coming in correct so for me it's i love the storyline i just wonder if you and I are – I'm a heavy believer that if you listen too much of the – it's analysis by paralysis. Everybody's like, Georgetown, Georgetown, Georgetown. And it's interesting because uh, – was it uh, – I respect Jay Billis from his kind of – he just talks about it from an honest approach. He's like, look, it's not one of my picking, but it's a really good upset because they're playing so well. But he picked the other games. So we'll talk about the other games. But this game to me is – it. I'll bet on Georgetown. I – it's just weird to me that it's been almost a foregone conclusion they're going to win. <laughs> I, anytime I see that as an upset, I'm like, okay, that's weird. It's a little weird. Uh, but I do see them having issues with Florida State. By the way, I actually think that Florida State can get out of this s- s- section because I actually think they're going to be able to match up with Michigan. They're so dangerous. Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you what we differ, though. I actually like St. Bonaventure over LSU. And again, I guess it's not really knowing the SEC, but there's a soft spot for me, for the A10 for me. That conference always does damage. That's true. I, that I is true because Temple used to be the team that I used to pick over. Temple, over, yeah. UMass, even though I hated Cal. But no, I mean, even if you looked at uh, what's uh, GW St. Joe, decent Saint squads Joe. back in the day. St. Joe's. They've they've got schools that had, LaSalle had to run a few years ago. Correct. No, no. The only reason I say that is is that I actually got to see LSU play this year uh, or in the SEC tournament, and I was I was impressed. I, I LSU is in that whole SEC thing where I call it the we've got a ton of athletes that play defense. We don't have any good shooting. We'll just offensive rebound board, and what happens is you get a team like Wisconsin. You know, we don't have an Ivy League team this year, but the Ivy League used to play an SEC team or Baylor, and they'd always beat them or they would get the game within three or four. And it, it, it just – but this year with LSU, I was shocked because I said they actually got good guard play. And it's not like athletic guard play. It's like they actually know how to play basketball. Now, I haven't watched enough St. Bonaventure this year, and I, I'm just being honest. I just – I there a part of me is just saying, look, I got to pick up a couple SEC teams. <laughs> Because I'm mean, going I, like I, I, none I didn't of them. Go all, I didn't go all against yeah, them. Yeah. But no, no, I, I I'm just, not picking a yeah. Yeah, I, I watching Saint bon, Saint Bonaventure against um, VCU, I was I was impressed. So yeah, I, I I don't actually think I don't disagree with you. I'm I'm just trying to no. It's that's that's why it's an eight nine game. You can go either correct. way. I mean, it's fifty fifty anyway. But so on that top side, let's just talk about the top side. All right. Liver is not okay. I am an anti-Michigan person, and I'm going to admit to you: before Livers got hurt, I was actually going to say Michigan might be the best team I've seen, and they could easily beat a Gonzaga just because I fought, felt like their blend of talent could beat a Gonzaga. Now the problem is they don't have an actual guy that's liver size and skill set. So what happens is you don't have a wing that can shoot, dribble, and attack and play some defense. So everybody, they've got all these guards that are kind of interchangeable, but they don't like to have a livers player. So what I got a little bit weirded out was they're a big man. You know, when, what's his name? Dickinson has a bad game. 
they become so shoot he- shot heavy that I wonder if you have one less guard, do they have the ability to make up the difference of a bad freshman center playing? And I just, to me, if they could get nipped in the second round, they could get, I mean, Florida State could easily beat them. Um, I just, I really, really like them, but I thought that it was possibly, outside of Dickerson, I think that Livers might be their other, the only other player that I said they cannot lose because they don't have a player to put in that spot. You know what I kind of see it as, and this is taking it back 20 years, but it almost kind of feels to me like, like, and this isn't like they were the number one overall team, but um, Cincinnati when they lost Kenyon Martin. Kenyon Martin. And that year, and they, they I you think know, they crashed and burned in the second round. Yeah, because but they had they had uh I think they, they had, had Kenny Steve Satterfield. Logan, didn't they? And uh, Kenny and, Satterfield, Logan, and they had Demar Johnson. Demar Johnson, they, yeah. Yeah, they were they had all I think all three of them got drafted. Uh, and, Logan was a second round pick. Yeah, second rounder, Satterfield was a second rounder. Demar, DeMar Johnson was, was a lottery. Rounder. Yeah, and Kenya Martin, but, um, who was injured, was number one overall. But, but again, again, that injury—it's almost exactly the same. That injury was like with the Conference USA yeah. finals. He breaks his leg, so Huggy Bear couldn't prepare a team to not have their big man. That basically, you know, all the defense was funneled into him. The offense was—he was the postman, and then they became fully guard play and. If I remember right, they just try to outscore teams, and that's why they got nipped in the second round. Yeah, it's very similar to that. I will agree with it. I don't think that Livers is the, the you know. It's not Kenyon Martin. Kenyon Martin in the, in the fact that his defense was scary and he was intimidating from, you know, we talked about him. Uh, but, you know, then I was hearing, you know, again, it's analysis by paralysis. People are like, look. Everybody can understand, but that team is still really good. And I'm like, it's really good. But I think with uh, without Livers, they were six and six over the last two seasons, and it's not a good record to have without. And you just see how much of a difference he is on that team from a. Which, you know, you don't have a wing that's interchangeable like yeah, with him. Which is the benefit of being a one here. So I think they they can survive, and then Florida State is a problem, or whoever they play in the Elite Eight. Is gonna, I just don't think it's a yeah. Well, I actually have Texas in my final four. Well, that's enough. We'll, we'll talk about the bottom because this is the other part about the bottom that I will tell you that the bottom here of the bottom, the one team I'm the most uncomfortable with is a two seed, <laughs> well, and it doesn't well, make it's well, the SEC factor that we talk about. No, I, I, I mean, yeah, I could see. Yeah, they should beat Iona, and I'm expecting them to beat Iona, but I don't think it's going to be easy. Let's be real, though. You and I are both betting on Iona. We're going to put a little bit of a wager that Iona cover. Uh, oh, Iona's going to cover. I'm, I'm like that. Oh, yeah, I that's what I'm feel, saying. Is I almost feel that's going to be a lock. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't bet exactly. against Patino. This is, but this is again. I this is the year where I actually think. If you parlay a bunch of double-digit seeds, like you might two at a time, you do two, 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 you could win about fifty percent of the bets. I feel like because I think that you're going to see a far more covers this year than any other year, in my opinion, just because I think that the un, the lower seeds in this case have got to be senior heavy, and they're going to be much more ready for just momentum swings uh, with no crowd <laughs> and. When a lower seed, even with their only families in the crowd, 
you're going to hear the crowd a lot louder when a 13 seed. Just, yeah, so, you know what it is. So yeah. here's the line. Alabama minus 16 and a half. Yeah, I'm throwing money on Iona. I'm throwing you – know, Patino, Patino's going to – Patino, this – Patino's going to say, we're shooting threes all day, and we're, we're, we're trapping. We're going to make this a track meet. This game, this gonna game, this game is, to me is a single-digit game. Yeah. it's it's it, it, Worst-case scenario, it's eight to nine points. Best-case scenario, it's five. I'd be shocked <laughs> if they get run out of the building. Correct, correct. Um, but, but let's say, hypothetically, you got Michigan State there. you got Michigan State, BYU, Texas – and even supposedly Abilene uh, Christian is supposed to be a stacked, and that's like not a for sure Texas is going to win. The UConn-Maryland matchup, I actually really think that's going to be a fun matchup because there's just UConn's guard-heavy, Maryland is just guard-heavy. I, I actually like... think the bottom region is actually going to be much more entertaining. I think every single one of those games could be a fun game. I, that think, said, the whole, I think the whole region's kind of toss-up-ish. Except for the it, it, yeah, I agree. I agree. Of the teams down here, I am in a full agreement with you. Texas could literally make it out of this region, or I could see it be like a random. I mean, I don't even like. Yeah, I'm not going to play the Michigan. People are going to say Michigan State could win it out. This is not the Michigan State team. One, our big men are terrible. We've got three guards that are almost exactly the same. <laughs> but Henry cannot. There's just this. You, you, you know need a point is. guard, and we don't have a point guard. You know what it is? It's the Izzo factor. Izzo doesn't of course, of course. lose. It was like the old rule in the tournament, like you know, the past couple decades. Bet on Majerus to win in the first round. He never loses in the first round. And he didn't even when he was with uh, St. Louis. Exactly. Yeah, he always there's, got up the first round. There's certain guys or coaches, and it's funny because I. I don't remember if I mentioned it earlier, but it's um, – and we'll get to them. Syracuse, who's, who could cause trouble. Remember Beheim's reputation as a guy who would fail miserably? Flame, flame out the first round. Yeah, yeah. And now look at the – now he's like the guy who causes all the havoc in brackets. You know what's really funny? You remember what happened? Like, that's why I find that the, the basketball IQ has gotten worse. <laughs> because in the 80s, when he was running that stupid 2-3 zone, Teams would just start shooting around it or attacking it differently. And as you've noticed, in the 90s, it kind of worked in periods of times, but you had better shooting teams. And now we've got less shooting on certain teams, and it always stifles somebody. If they get past the first game, the second game, it stifles them even worse because you can't practice it. You got one day to practice a two-three zone matchup because it's so much longer. Yeah, it was kind of like the Temple matchup zone. It was the, correct, it, and it I always thought that the Temple fits. matchup zone, yeah, the matchup zone. The reason that Temple was always interesting to watch, and they never got the Final Four, but they almost got the Final Four a couple so times. many times. Yeah, it was. They always got the lead eight, and they almost always got the Sweet Sixteen. Was the matchup zone, and they always had three or four guys that were like, "Man, that guy's a player." Well, uh, I think the know, best team they Lindgren. had was. Uh... Yeah, Eddie Jones, Aaron McKee, and Rick Brunson. Rick Brunson, yeah, yeah, they and had so three, yeah, three NBA guards, and they, and they ran into they ran into Fab Five basically. There was one year they did. Um, I can't remember who beat him in '94. I can't remember '94. But yeah, either, the the, but... the Lynn Greer team had uh Kev, Kevin Lyde. Kevin Lyde, big, Kevin yeah. Lyde, and they ran into Duke. And that Duke team was stacked, so it was like, and I think they almost. I mean, it was I a think they gave him game. a game too. Yeah. It was a really close game, and I actually thought um, Lynn Greer – that's when I was like, dude, that guy's a player because he was just, you know, 
I think uh, that Lindbergh team that Duke had a was that the Dunleavy Boozer team? No, it was Wojciechowski. Oh gosh. Trajan Langdon oh, and El Brand. Oh my god, I hate that team. Yeah, I mean it was stacked. I mean they had Cormageddy too, so it's just a stacked team. So, um, all right, all right let's, let's talk go, about let's go the to UConn, the South, right? Or yeah, that's, so we're basically in agreement. It's Florida State, Texas, or random. <laughs> we don't know. I, this I, is a I weird. I mean, reason. I still throw Michigan in there, but it's it's just one of those. Uh, okay. The, the only way Michigan gets there is if Florida State gets upset and the bottom is just an upheaval. Hey, I would love it if Florida State got upset. Yeah, of Especially course. Because it would – yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah. But what I mean by that is that it, there's this theory that I was reading on some of the Michigan State blogs that it's going to be Michigan, Michigan State. And I was, like, laughing. I go, if Michigan State gets there, it would have to be, like – like, the, the difference between – like, we lost to Maryland. So it's like – we got destroyed by Maryland, I think, three times. You guys yeah, played really good. well. Yeah, you guys played really well into and won the Big East tournament. I don't understand. It's, it's this whole attitude of coaching, coaching, coaching. Iso has lost in the second round. Well, he lost in the first round when I had him winning it all. So Correct. It and he has lost an atrocious amount of games in the second round where they should be favorited, favorite, and they've lost atrocious amounts of games in the first round. Uh, Eastern Tennessee, or was it? It was it. Uh, Middle Tennessee, right? Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, I, that that game still to me is dumbfounding because we, you know, everybody picked us automatically the Final Four, and we get destroyed, <laughs> destroyed, and yeah. that team gets destroyed in the second game. But I, I will, I'll throw this aside. Uh, it's funny. I was I was actually talking to my boss today, and I was mentioning that to you that he's a Carolina alum. Yeah. Um, and he was there when uh. Stackhouse and Wallace were there, and I think it was there for some Carter too. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, it was. He was very spoiled in that regard. But he was saying there's like a book, and it's about Duke and Carolina and the rivalry. And it was like they've never really played in the NCAA tournament. Could you imagine if it was like a Final Four matchup or a national cha- and championship matchup? And it's like there would be so much pressure on the loser. It's like none of them want that pressure. It's like. You, you know, could you imagine Michigan and Michigan State playing that deep in the tournament? That would be a disaster for somebody. It's, I mean I, – I think I don't think you'd want that if you lost to Michigan. You would never be able to stomach that. No, but the thing is, is that it's not going to happen. I mean, that's the other no, thing. Is that, I mean, the reason that the Duke has never played – The none. Yeah. The, the reason North Carolina and Duke have never played in the tournament is, like, one, they're usually ones and twos or threes, and they're usually in, like – opposite regions and the years that duke is really good north carolina isn't good and the years that north carolina gets like re- like you know they go to the final four it tends to be duke flames out in the second round it's just weird there, there is a pattern to that so yeah let's go to the south go ahead okay so the south again i normally the way the season was going you'd say it would be the baylor invitational but i yes, guess i would I also say that definitely see ohio state getting to the final four here so I will I will give you kind of my overall take on this region. Very funky region. The UNC Wisconsin game is just random, and I have yet to figure out what the team. I love picking Wisconsin to get. If Wisconsin beats North Carolina, I will actually bet that Wisconsin covers against Baylor because they have this ridiculous tendency to give teams that like every time they're eight or nine and they get the second round. They always give that next team a, a problem. But this is and a, they, North Carolina is a school with that they have all that talent, right? And yeah. 
Well, the talent's different. This year, it's it, a lot it of big men, and they have terrible guards. Yeah, their guard play isn't the greatest in the world, but I made this point to you before. Like, there was one year we thought they were really down in, like, an 8 or 9, and they had Forte. Forte, they got the, Forte and like Hayward. A, Hayward. But they had Ed Coda. I mean, they still had a point guard. That's, that's the thing. Having yeah, a point guard in this game is – it is what it is. If you have a point guard, you can – I mean, we had Cassius Winston, and I thought our team was pretty garbage last year. And he basically manipulates the game because he knows how to control tempo. But it, it, I, it's talent on paper. Was the talent going to be able to overcome that? Ah, it's something I don't. No, know. no. What I mean is that it, remember? I think three years ago, with uh, they had Nigel Hayes. They beat Villanova. Yeah, I do remember that. And that Villanova team, everybody was like, nobody's going to beat them. It, it's it's the same thing. It's very very Baylor this year feels very Villanova like when they were they had like two losses or one loss and they were just scoring out of their minds shooting constantly wisconsin is built to take any offensive team and stifle it down to a 60 point game 55 60 and wisconsin's used to that and now they have not played well in the big 10 but again we don't know it, it always comes back to do you when they play in the tournament they're not having to worry about grinding out right. like baskets over and over again they can kind of free flow offensively and they'll just uh, grind you out um on defense so that's some matchup that i say watch out baylor because they've done it a couple times in the tournament where they 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 actually gave the joakim noah team a run if i remember right Uh, they lost like five but here's something and i can't believe i'm going to use a charles barkley in comparison for college basketball but the way everyone's so high on the Big Ten this year, remember year after year the Big East would get, when they were 16, they would get like 9 or 10. Oh, correct. No, no, I agree. I and totally then, agree. And, it, I... and then it flames out. It, uh, no, no, no. no. I totally agree. we just high on the Big Ten overall, and we're just we're just seeing these teams being better than they really are? Especially well, since, like you I... said, there's no non-conference for the most part? Well, this is the thing, is it? I'm, I'm different. I'm not looking at this from a point of view of, oh, Big Ten, Big Ten, Big Ten. Wisconsin has always been one of my favorites since I was in college or high school was they played this swing offense that for whatever reason messes up everybody. There was a year, I think Izzo hadn't beat Bo Ryan in in like six straight seasons, never beat him (laughs) or like never beat, never won in Wisconsin or something like that. And then I started realizing that Wisconsin kept winning in the tournament, like the first, first game. I think they have an atrociously crazy They've gotten out of the first round like consecutive uh, years. And oh. there are teams in the Big Ten this year where I don't want to touch. Uh, most notably, I don't like Maryland. I don't really love the idea of rooting for Rutgers. Purdue is overrated. I actually really think Iowa might be a little overrated. You're, you're, um, you're ragging on Rutgers because you have a lot of friends from Jersey, right? So no, no, no. That, that I'm also stuff. ragging on the fact that. That's where the whole Big Ten thing is a little inflated because, again, I'm of the mind that we're a little we're ultra overrated because we're still 15 and 12 and we have really bad losses. And Rutgers, who have they really beat? Didn't they beat <laughs> they beat Illinois? Didn't they? Did they? Because I don't think they did. I, I, I don't remember. Did. But I'm, they had a couple quality wins in there. And I'm uh, actually gonna hold pull on. It up. Let's pull it up because I don't think that happened. I disagree because I don't recall that. <laughs> now the last ten, 
they haven't done anything. But let me, you know, it's a good call. They started if the they year. Beat, they, they peaked at like number eleven in the country, so they started the year pretty. But I also felt like Illinois kind of came out of nowhere too. By the way, this is the other thing: is how many times have you seen like the number one seed have six losses or five losses? And we talked it's, about that last week. That's this is not a normal year. But who else could it get is a that, very funky who else could year get that spot? But when you look at how some of these teams are playing now, it's almost like like a completely different team. Like Illinois does not look like the team I saw very early in the season. And I think you asked me what I thought about Illinois, and I said, eh, they're not that good. And by the end of the season, is that the Big Ten tournament, I was is like, that because Rutgers beat them? Uh, did they officially? Let's see. I I'm thought looking. they did. All right. Let me see. Rutgers, uh, Rutgers, Rutgers. I got their schedule up now. Yeah, I got it up too. Iowa beat them. Michigan State beat them by 22. They beat Syracuse. They beat Maryland. They beat Illinois to start the season. They were 4-0. They lost to Ohio State. They beat Purdue. Interesting. They beat them by three. They beat yeah, Ohio they, State. You're right. They you know lost what, to Ohio State I, twice. They lost to Iowa by two. They, this is gonna sound really, they beat Michigan really. Michigan State hater-ish. by thirty. <laughs> I'm gonna sound like a big hater right now. Eh, it happens. Uh, I don't think that's the same Illinois. That win is not quite the same Illinois team won. But the way, they scored 91 points, which is crazy. Which is crazy. By the way, if that game happens again, there's no way that they give 91 points. Uh, the. But the committee's rewarding you for your whole season, right? I, yeah, they're 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 giving them a reward for beating us by thirty, beating Syracuse, and beating Illinois at the very beginning of the season. Um, I guess, I don't know. You just don't I don't know. It. Maybe, maybe I'm being a hater. You might be correct. Maybe I'm also just realizing that I've seen Rutgers play a couple times. I don't know if I trust them. Now, mind you, again, you don't have to trust them. They got they got the probably the best matchups they could have gotten. But hey, best but, but but my best point, they played Rutgers in the Big Ten tournament, and they ninety to sixty eight, <laughs> ninety to sixty eight. That score is basically like a microcosm of how different of a team they are now. So, by the way. 37 to 67, I can't, you know, I can't believe that our friend Phil or our friend Jin didn't rub it in that we lost by 30. 30. 30. 30. 30. And we scored 37 points. I know. 37 points. But um, Um, I I feel, wait, I digressed. I kind of took us off. So here's one in, and I think we talked about this earlier, Colgate over Arkansas in a track meet. I definitely see that one. Oh, no, by the way, that's that's another, that's another, hey, put 25, put, I'm going to put like, I'm going to parlay the Colgate, Arkansas. I'm going to pick Colgate and Iona. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to sit there and be like, just cover, just cover, just cover. And then I'm going to cover and I'm going to laugh. I'm going to be like, oh my God, that's like, I just want $80. <laughs> but um, I saw people high in North Texas too. Could I, I haven't seen enough of Purdue. I don't know. Purdue is big. My only thing, my only problem with when it's size, like size is the problem. If it's you don't have a lot of size, uh, the mid majors can actually keep up. But they do have a big man that's great, and I that's my only thing that bugs me about Purdue is they're they got that big guy who might be the Big Ten Player of the Year. Actually, no, he probably goes second. Um, so who 
my theory is if Wisconsin plays Baylor, Baylor could lose there. If they get past Wisconsin or North Carolina, I do think that they easily beat the four or five or Winthrop or because I think Winthrop's beating Villanova. Although that's another game where they say everybody's picking Winthrop because Gillespie's gone and their whole theory is that Jay Wright can get them past Winthrop, but they're probably gonna lose. I don't, I don't know. I, I love. I'm gonna pick a ton of upsets this year just on betting. Well, this would not be, in my practice. This would be the year for it, though, right? Correct. Um. I think that Baylor either loses in the second week or they lose in the sweet, uh, not the sweet 16, uh, they lose in the lead eight. So you got Ohio State. Uh, or they go to the final four. I have Ohio State. I, I do two brackets every year. I have one where Baylor goes and I have one where Ohio State goes. I am actually really considering Wisconsin upsetting Baylor and maybe even Texas Tech going. But I also could see – I watched Utah State play. They – Utah State has that um, that pedigree for me where when you play a team that defense it grinds you out where you can just kind of shoot over them or you can just scheme it a little bit. I don't know. I, I like this region a lot. I'm not going to lie. I just don't like Baylor. So I, I like a lot of teams here, Texas Tech, Ohio State. Um, I like Wisconsin. I like North Carolina. I like Winthrop to win. I hate Baylor. <laughs> so I like Colgate. Uh, Adonis Foyle. Don't fly Adonis Foyle. My, my sister-in-law so, is a Colgate alum too. So it's yeah. Kind of so a... you know, of this of this area, I really want to say if I had to bet on it, I would say Ohio State comes out of here. But the problem is, if you pay it, it goes back to your theory. When you overhype a conference, this is not the 90s or the 80s where the Big East was stacked and they'd have three teams or you had two teams from the Big East or something like that. Um, this is not a year where even the years where you had two Big Ten teams, uh, Illinois and Michigan State, I didn't think that the, the Big Ten was stacked that year. I thought that Illinois was just really good. And, um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I I can't imagine Illinois and Ohio State going, so I have to figure out how I'm going to – I'm not 100% done with my brackets, but I can't figure out how I'm going to mat- mix and match them. That's yeah, my problem. I did one today for my work, yeah. and I just – I was like, I, I don't like I don't like what I'm doing right now, but – Yeah, that's yeah, the other I'll problem. Is that, tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, I get to a cl- point where I feel like I like three of the four, and then I get annoyed because I go – there's two ones, a four and a two. I go, it doesn't, that doesn't happen. This year, it doesn't feel like it's going to happen. I think there's going to be two ones, a six and a five or something like that. It's just one of those weird years. It's where one I, of those things like usually it's safe to say it's not going to be all ones and then watch it be all ones because. It might be this year because I think the ones are a lot. I mean, excluding Michigan, I feel like three, like, you know, everybody says the three teams that really can win it are Illinois. Baylor and Gonzaga, and I kind of agree with that. But the Baylor's, the Baylor is the one where I'm like I, I want. I think one of them I'm going to pick Gonzaga, the other one I'm going to pick Illinois, and even the Illinois win I'm just uncomfortable with because I, when does Illinois won anything? Uh, They've come pretty close yeah. a few times, but yes, it hasn't but been that's, recently. That's, yes, and that's what I'm saying is, what do we know about Brad Underwood except he took Stephen F. Austin to the, the Sweet Sixteen? And uh, yeah, 
And then he didn't do much at Oklahoma State, but somehow he's figured some magic out in Illinois. I, I, I don't know. And maybe, I don't feel like he's, you know. Maybe he gets that Bruce Weber run, but he doesn't have Darren, Darren Williams. and Darren and, Williams, D. Brown. And Luther Head. Yeah. Uh, so let's go to the final Midwest region. Illinois and let us talk so clearly. Um, Loyola, Chicago, Loyola, Georgia Tech. Chicago, Georgia Tech. Interesting matchup. Again, 8-9. Um, I think that, that Loyola is everyone's sweetheart from their run a couple years ago. I just like the big man. You, it's not What's sister, his name? It's not Sister Jean doing it for you? <laughs> no, no, no. Sister Jean. Um, no, I don't. Uh, uh, Crutwick, that guy. He looks like he's aged a hundred years. Like he had, he was a freshman when we saw him in the final four. And now his hair's all gone and everything. But <laughs> I like him. Um, it's weird. They've got another guard that looks like uh, their guard they had uh, three years ago, and they play almost the same way. I, I like them. I don't think they're beating Illinois. I just again, I think the ACC this year is just is weird. Because North Carolina wasn't very good, and UVA actually wasn't as good as I thought they would be, and Duke wasn't very good, which means that all these teams have a bunch of extra wins that they probably wouldn't have other years. Well, yeah, UVA, they lost to San Francisco at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Georgia Tech also benefited from not having to play UVA in the ACC tournament. So Correct. So they skated in, so... Uh, uh, let's go Tennessee. I can't trust Tennessee. I don't know why, but yeah, then I forget. Oregon State's not... also a similar story to Georgetown in the Pac-12. I, I yeah. don't think they're getting as much play. And that could be your West Coast bias again, but. Again. However, uh, I forget that it's Rick Barnes now and it's not some stupid SEC coach. And I <laughs> think I need to give him more credit because I actually did like Rick Barnes a lot when he was at Texas. I, I, and... don't, I don't usually trust Tennessee. I never trust Tennessee, but they've beaten us when I thought we were going to go to the Final Four uh, once. And I tr- I like Rick Barnes. I think he doesn't he doesn't like he's schematically a solid coach, but I still don't trust him. Uh, <laughs> Oklahoma State is the one team that I think can make it to the Final Four, but I don't think they can win it all. I but I also think Liberty, who I think quite possibly, I bet on two years ago and they made me quite a bit of money uh they play a pack line defense just like uva and their pack line defense this year might be better than uva's team this year i tend to think that that's a very problematic scheme to play against when you have a lot of young guys and they got a lot of young guys at oklahoma state now my argument could be Cunningham is going to go number one pick and number right. one picks can just figure it out anyway. But I would also bet that Liberty keeps that game within reach. But um, so there's another game, no, another game where I'm going to bet on, uh, on a, a 13 seed. Uh, you may see a bunch of me. Uh, I might just do a ton of 12, 13 bets this year just because I want to. Um, yeah, I, it'd be fun. It's a, it's one of those things. Like you see the no, the guy who's going to go number one in the draft. You see how they do in the tournament. It doesn't always pan out. Ben Simmons didn't even. Well, grow, I mean, uh, right? Durant. Yeah, Durant. Uh, Durant did not beat. Uh, who did they not beat? I forget. I forgot who they lost to, but yeah, you're. Yeah, they. But he was the two. And they had Odin, DJ. Odin. They had. D- Odin got to the final. Odin's the example, but Augustine, they had Augustine and I think they had PJ Tucker and they had and they had Durant and they still couldn't get out, uh, which that doesn't 
bode well for Tennessee and Rick Barnes, actually. Never mind. <laughs> that team was stacked, though, I think about it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's why I love talking about the tournament early on, because everything is a potential. You're right. Like, San Diego State <sighs> is a team that traditionally does well, but you got, you got stuck with Syracuse. And the Syracuse ultimate... Is- blows things up with that damn zone yes i agree um although this syracuse team seems like the most air- overrated Syracuse. they lost a rucker or wait who did we say we lost <laughs> they lost a Rutgers. <laughs> they did <laughs> what, what, by the way by but the they, way they also beat why, georgetown at the beginning of the year so yeah. this is why i'm laughing because beating losing to Rutgers has not is not a it's not a good sign it is not a good sign for Syracuse or us. <laughs> no. And we lost it at 30. <laughs> and it, I, I don't know if that's a litmus test for they're, they're right for losing. I don't know. I, I can't figure I, that out. But I, I, you and I both know styles do make the tournament. And that stupid matchup zone is really stifles teams. I, I really feel like um... – I don't know. I, I'm I'm almost like uh, leaning towards Huggy Bear here, even though they to go they finished, out to get out of here, not to get out necessarily, but I I could see them definitely in the Elite Eight. Uh, I could see that also. I could see I could it. also see Huggy Bear. I could see Huggy Bear just losing his mind and cussing out his team because they can't figure out how to score on two three zone. <laughs> whatever whatever happens, that's entertaining for me. I agree. I agree. Uh, by the way, Huggy Bear looks like he ate. If you look at Huggy Bear, you know, prime Cincinnati, uh, what is it? Nick Van Exel. He looks like a thin little guy, and it looks like this Huggy Bear decided guy. to eat that Huggy Bear. Yeah. <laughs> and then he put on a, a Santa, Santa costume. <laughs> you know what, though? And he slicked his hair back. I'm going to have to go on another tangent here, but it's like – those, those coaches from back in the day are such personalities, and it's like they're slowly going away, right? There's Huggy Bear is like one of those mainstays. Bayheim is like an old curmudgeon now, and I and I actually like that. Actually, Roy's become curmudgeonly too, <laughs> with the Carolina teams he's had the past couple of years. I I just never liked Coach K, so I'm not gonna throw him in there, even though he's a legend, whatever. That's a valid, but, that's a valid point. If you look at, I'm looking at the teams right now. Jay Wright is not. He, Jay Wright's like the most like I I play for Jay Wright because he's classy. I, I love Jay Wright, uh, but he's not. It's not like having a John Thompson not, or John Chaney. He's not a personality. Uh, Juwan around. is a player in my mind. He's still not a coach. Uh, Ewing is definitely a player in my mind. He's not a coach. Oh, but if you mind. if you watch the Big East tournament, you could hear him screaming on the television. No, no, I could see that. He's, um, he's got he's I, got Big John in him. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is. It, it I could see Danny Hurley. Yeah, I could see Danny Hurley being angry. Um, More than Bobby. Yeah. Although Bobby is angry, but it's just different. Like Danny just – you can see him scream. Izzo might not be – Izzo's like a legend, but he's not a personality quite like – even like a Patino had that whole like Gordon Gecko look to him. <laughs> <It was just laughs> yeah. The personality the thing. The slick back um, hair, everything. Yeah. yeah. It's a valid point. We um, don't have Bob one. Knight for 20 20- – like the last 20 years no it's you know what that is a very good observation because of the legends that are there bill self is not that guy no Uh, no. you is not that guy 
That's our point. Jay Wright. I mean, few Jay Wright and uh, Bill Self are kind of cut from the same cloth. It actually I, I just, sounds just horrible, like but I used to actually enjoy when Indiana lost in the tournament just to see Knight's post-gamer. By the way, I just watched that whole uh, Bob Knight, you know, the last days of Knight, 30 for 30. Fascinating watch. That guy's so angry. He's so angry. It doesn't make any sense. And oh, I, I love it. I love it. You lose three McDonald's All Americans in three consecutive years, and he doesn't care. He does it. That's what makes. He doesn't care. That's what makes Knight the legend that he is. Crazy. That's why he's just crazy. I think it's just crazy. But no, yeah, I, I I agree with what you're saying. It's just interesting that of the this year we got no Coach K. Uh, it's just it's ironic. I, I find this tournament no Cal- oh, Calipari's that other personality. He's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's like that used car salesman to me. But yeah, but the problem with Calipari is, do we have any doubt that he's just cheating? So like that's another thing. <laughs> well, again, made Coach Cheney rest in peace. One of my favorite all moments of all time was when Cheney was about exactly. To murder, I mean, that, murder, he was going to murder I, the man, murder him, exactly. Literally. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I have mad respect for Coach Cheney because he wanted to destroy Calipari, and I disliked UMass. And to this day, I think that, you know, Calipari is probably ultra-cheating at Kentucky, so whatever. Well, yeah, um, well, I'm really bitter about We've had this conversation, too, because I, I thought the 96 Georgetown team was pretty stacked. And yeah, that's the game I lost got, a ton of money on. I still can't figure out how UMass blew them out that game, but I have the game on DVD, and I still watch that game, and I start realizing there are tall tale signs of why Iverson was kind of nuts because <laughs> he had a ton of players, he had a ton of big men, and he's overshooting, and it just kind of you know it's kind of a microcosm of what happened towards the end of his career, where you're just like. He is shot crazy, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Jerome Williams, Othella Harrington, Jahidi White all got in the league and were there for quite a while, and then you had Victor Page, who I mean, he didn't end up in the NBA, did lead the CBA in scoring, but well, Victor also um, also has one eye. I know one eye. I was gonna say, I think he goes shot in the face. <laughs> or I thought he was stabbed with a sword. It was something crazy. By the way, stabbed with a sword might be the greatest thing you've ever said um, to me ever in life stabbed with a sword like <laughs> we we have heard about a guy that was stabbed with a sword that is crazy oh about, but, my God. Um, anyway i digress bringing it back in so the the midwest is yeah i mean i can see illinois there and i could see some other team causing disruption so so the final question i have kind of for you regarding the bracket do is this just a foregone conclusion Gonzaga's gonna win it because <laughs> they should I, I tend to they should you're right but if you were going to um i'll give you an example if i gave you baylor and gonzaga and i got and you you and you had you go those two teams or the field what would you pick Baylor, Gonzaga, or the field? No, you get Baylor and Gonzaga or the field. Which one do you want? Baylor and Gonzaga. If I said, if I, if, if you gave me Baylor, uh, uh, Gonzaga, Illinois, I would pick Gonzaga, Illinois. Baylor, I'm not sure. I think it's 50 50, but. Well, I'm that. Baylor, I'm, I'm pretty much sure on Gonzaga, so. 
Okay. That's why I would just take I, it. I'm actually... I've changed my opinion on Illinois. I watched them enough to realize that they have all the elements that I call... Uh, you need one wing, you need one, a really good point guard, and you need a big man. And they kind of fulfill that. And they got two NBA players. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 they fulfill everything I've ever thought... Yeah, I think I, I ended up having them in the Final Four right now. So, Yeah, so uh, what were we going to say? What is, for gambling purposes, what is the most exciting part about the first weekend this year for you? Is it the fact that every 13 seed feels like it can win? <laughs> it just means you can – and then you also – how many parlays can you think about where you have a guaranteed win? Where you're uh, like, that, that seems <laughs> – well, here, the, the, I don't think it's going to happen for me this year, but I was so degenerate when I was in Vegas. I think I was I was doing parlays with NIT games at the same time. Because I, okay, now I, that's just ridiculous. What a waste. Well, it depends on who's in, right? Um, that's true, that's it, true. This is one I mean, of those weird uh, maybe years. I, this is one of those weird years. Like, I, you don't want to be in the NIT, but I'm a proponent. If you get in it, you win it to set up for next year. Because traditionally, usually when teams win it, they do have good years the following season. I would argue that, but Except however this year, yeah. However this year, I would argue that who wants to play during COVID? And right, and just be stuck in uh, wherever they're. I mean, I have no idea how they're doing the NIT this year. It's in Dallas. Sixteen <laughs> oh, teams. Wonderful. Sixteen teams instead of thirty-two. And it's like, yeah, another bubble. You know how crazy it is. I didn't even know how many teams were in the NIT. I just remembered thinking they played at, like, the you know, home team got to play at their home arena. Which I thought was cool. But one thing that I actually did appreciate with it, because it, it does help the little guy, is if you win your conference during the regular season and get ousted in the tournament, you're guaranteed postseason play. No, I didn't which, know that. Which I actually is, didn't know that. They, when the NCAA took over the tournament a few years ago, that's what they enacted that rule. And I think I think that is actually beneficial to the, the mid-majors and – Gives them some time, and they're on TV, so you get some you get some airplay. So that is interesting. I, did I, not know that. I actually respect the NIT, and the NIT actually used to be bigger than the NCAA tournament. Oh no, I remember that. I remember that. But, uh, but, but if you go John Thompson C- used to like it. Yeah, but if you go NIT. to the CBI or the CIT, that's a that's an embarrassment. That was just the money pool. Well, that's the you're below five hundred, and you're yeah, excited about like the, going to a that tournament. That was like. Uh, that was like we're gonna take uh, I don't know I'm picking a random team that's never good. Uh, Rutgers. <laughs> that was too easy. I know, you, you know, you know I'm throwing that out there, but yeah, but Rutgers used to actually go to the uh, NIT, so NIT. I, I know, I know, I know. This I is just, like this is uh, like North picking like a ho- uh, like a yeah or a Hofstra team that's like ten and fifteen, and they're like yeah we'll 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 play. I got you. But, yeah. No, I understand. I, I what was going to say. Um, I think that you and I will have much more fun gambling this year on double-digit seeds than ever before. Oh, which is for my sure. Favorite. This is this is the year. And I also think that for all we believe, I actually think three of the regions will play out fairly chalky, not from like. One, two, three, four. But I, what I mean by that is that by the elite eight, you're going to have a, like a bunch of ones, and it's going to be a few. You know, you're going to see one or two double digits. But um, 
I tend to believe that there's going to be a lot more craziness in the first week weekend, which I love. I mean, that's, that's what the, we that, live well, for. This is the beauty for the tournament. You think the craziness is going to happen, and the bracket holds the form. Yep. And then when and it holds the, the form, you, you and I get pissed off because we're like, what? None of our pets played out. <laughs> right. And then the committee's patting themselves on the back, or you could go the other way around and think that it should hold the form, and that's when all hell breaks loose. By the way, did you see the list of teams that were underseeded like dramatically? By the way, I read an article a couple years ago that says that the best way to pick winners into the tournament is to pick teams that were highly underseeded. And it was interesting when you saw that because Oklahoma State was one of them. Um, uh, Loyola Chicago was one of them. Michigan State was one of them. UCLA was one of them. Ironically, they're playing each other, so who cares? <laughs> uh, and then the counter-argument with that is teams that were overseeded, like they're seated too high. West Virginia was seated too high. Um, there are a few eight or nine seeds. Yeah, I think North Carolina, they said they should have gotten a higher seed just on the fact that they had a ridiculously difficult schedule. Uh, Villanova was a a good Carolina team by their standards. Correct. But what they're saying is that it's not a matter of, uh, one of the articles I was reading was saying that if you go with underseeded, overseeded, you will actually find out what second round game, like the second round games, why a Oklahoma state plays over their head is more because they're actually not playing at a four-seed level. They're playing at a two-seed level, so they're going to dominate a team. Whereas, like, and that's why, like, Syracuse is really, like, when there are a few years ago where Syracuse was a 10, and they said they're really probably at eight or nine, and that's why they, you know. Went on that run. When they go on a run, it looks like they're, you know, really low, but they're really playing at an eight-seed. So it's like that's why they can easily beat some of these teams. So well, that's it's why, interesting. That's why everyone's picking Georgetown right now. They're not your typical 12 the way they've been 12, playing. 12, correct. But it's it, it was more of a classic if you look at teams that really did play better and for whatever reason the, you know, they always seed wrong because they used to do the pod thing. And this year there's no pod thing, but – no, it was just all. weird. It's a very weird. It's a weird season. We'll see how this Indianapolis thing works out. I, I I tend to think that what we saw in the NBA uh, bubble was there was really no momentum. Like you swings happen just randomly. Well, the other thing with the NBA the NBA <sighs> bubble was, and I hope this doesn't happen in Indianapolis, was the the apparent lack of defense. Was there, there <laughs> yeah. was like three games in the total bubble that both teams scored under 100 points, it felt like. Every game was like 125 I, to 110. I have a friend who is an ultra-NBA fan who has transitioned into a college basketball fan because he actually likes post-play and he likes defense and he likes when people run around a screen and the big man chucks you. <laughs> hip checks you like a la old uh biggies basketball a la georgetown a la when georgetown played syracuse and yes pearl washington was coming around the corner and uh he get hip checked or something like that um, right right it's um it's interesting that you bring that up because i tended to believe this year that the 
offensive play was better, but I didn't think it was because of, there was a lack of defense. I just thought that there were teams were functionally built better this year. Does that make any sense? Like Garza with the Garza with the team, like the players he had, that's why they could score 80 points. Illinois, I can see why they can score 80 points. Ohio State, I can see why they can score 80 points. The Big 12, you can see why those teams score 80 points. The the outlier to me is still Georgetown. I still don't understand how they beat Creighton by 30 points because Creighton is just a they they shoot threes and I just well Creighton went completely cold and then when they tried to bring it inside it no but I mean said, but... you could make the argument that uh, McDermott's comments were not good karma either. <laughs> no, but they still got to the final. No, no, no. What I mean by that is, is that there, there's something about that stuff where I'm always like, you got to be careful what you say. Um, I don't know. I, it's it's you're right. They got in the final, but I don't. I never thought that Creighton was 30 points, although we did lose by to Rutgers by 30 points, and I definitely yeah. am sure that I, we're better than Rutgers. So it's another example. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got you. I got you tomorrow night over UCLA, and then uh, probably I'll take. Uh, I'm I'm tossing up on the Drake Wichita State matchup. But... By the way, don't you feel like Drake Wichita State? Isn't that the almost the exact same t- team to you in your brain? Yeah, it's almost like <laughs> Drake started the year out really hot, and then they had a key injury, and I'm I'm not sure if he's back. Can't remember. It was one. I think it was their best player, but um, Wichita State did win the uh, AAC. I guess that's what yeah. I would. I'm just gonna pick Wichita State, but I, like I said, I'm not gonna bet on any of the games tomorrow. I don't feel comfortable. I don't even come feel comfortable about this UCLA versus Michigan State thing. I, that's the main event tomorrow, a, John. I know. There's an uncomfortable nature in my gut where I say, "Why do I feel like we're gonna win?" But I don't feel like you know. There's other years where I'm like, I. Additionally, he's Izzo's never one game. He's. I, my other thing is, Izzo's never had to coach three games in a week like that, in, like in a tournament style. Like he's always doing two, right? Does he just – do they get blown out when they play the uh, Utah or uh, BYU? Because I don't – that's what I'm saying. I, I'm very confused. I could make the argument it worked for Shaka Smart's uh, VCO team that playing game got the momentum going and they just got hot. Could oh, happen mean, too. You but... mean when they spanked Georgetown? Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's a sore topic. Yes. A sore topic. I'm yes. sorry, my friend. Yes. There was uh, a lot of sorry. those sore topics with random schools that we should have beaten. By the way, let's just be honest, though. Um, Biggie's tournament, probably the highlight of your Georgetown fandom in the last 10 years? Yes. No. That's very sad if you think Actually, about it. no. No. Because... W- uh, it was less than ten years ago. The end of the old Big East. I was oh, when you beat Syracuse. I was at the game at Syrac against Syracuse when College Game Day was there, and we won the last Big East regular season title, only for Syracuse to go and beat us in the Big East tournament. But oh, okay, never mind. Uh, I thought you were talking about the yeah, because I was like, I could have sworn that Syracuse won the Big East tournament that year though. Yeah, they came back. The last be- one. I think the, I think that was the Otto Porter team, if I remember. Right. Yeah, the Otto Porter team. Because uh, yeah, they did the uh, rec- uh, record of the Big East. They talk. They 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 play the end of that game, and I just watched that recently. So that was an awesome moment. Hmm. Yeah, my my Georgetown moments uh, since going there have not been the greatest. I remember being at an NIT final. That was that was a higher yes, than Escherich. But... Let's that, be real. You did get to go to that Final Four, and that was pretty impressive. That team was, was actually Escherich's players. 
Except uh, like JT3 it? did bring over Jonathan Wallace, but Eshrick recruited Hibbert. I like Jonathan. I like Wallace and, a lot. Hibbert and uh, Je- Uncle Jeff. By the way, uh, Jeff Green is now an adjective in the NBA, which is fascinating. But um, I, I find it – I don't know how that's not your highlight for once you graduated because I actually thought that team was – I mean, they beat North Carolina. and no, no, that, North that, Carolina that is the highlight, getting to the Final Four. But for me, yeah, yeah, actually course. present at something would be the Syracuse team. I got you. I got you. I mean, I it would have been no, nice I mean, to win, thing. An, win, a, win an NIT, but – but Eshrick was outcoached by Mike Jarvis, and Marcus Hatton beat us. So I watched us beat UVA at Madison Square Garden, and I thought it was amazing. And I've watched us beat UConn at Ford Field, and we got destroyed by Tyler Hansborough, uh, Wayne Ellington, and Ty Lawson. And I still thought it was an amazing experience because I liked North Carolina too. So I, I didn't. But the game that trips me up is I then watched us lose to. Shabazz Napier. <laughs> That's right. We, Actually, we beat the team that was stacked. Like we thought we were gonna lose. Like I thought UVA was gonna beat us, and then we lost to the team that I couldn't figure out how they're how they were winning the game. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. But I think if I remember right, I actually had a moment where we beat you at Madison Square Garden, and I was at that game. Oh, the random Saturday remember. game at Madison Square Garden, Georgetown, Michigan State, and we won that game. I don't remember that game because I don't remember playing Georgetown. That must have been – I don't know. I mean, I have been to quite a bit of Michigan State games. I, uh, I Carmelo came to the Breslin, and he beat us. And the guy that I went to the game with said, the Carmelo looks like he's overrated. I was like, that guy's going to be really good in the NBA. I wasn't wrong, but <laughs> did I did well, I think he was going to be – Carmelo's he's had, gonna, a hall, he's had a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. I don't love him, but I was right when I saw him in person. That um, was the highlight of our, our friend Phil's bachelor party as we – we're making fun of Carmelo as the Knicks were playing the Wizards in D.C. And Pringles. And somehow both those players are no longer with the Knicks. It's just Porzingis fascinating. And, yeah. And somehow uh, somehow the Knicks are going to make the playoffs with neither player. The whole thing in the NBA. We still have to get on the NBA at some point. That should be pods. next week's show. Hopefully Mike will get his equipment back up and running. And, and But I think next week's the trade deadline. Although supposedly there's going to be no trades this well, year. Stuff's cause... already broken down. Yes. Um, I also I'm actually have... looking up that game, Georgetown 2014. Oh, that's why I don't remember it. Because I was an adult. I was here. <laughs> I was thinking, like, my 2014. Oh, no, I remember now. I think we lost to a bunch of guys. Was was Otto on that team? I don't know. I see Markel Starks, I think, led us in scoring. So That's weird. That's not one of our best teams. 2014. 2014. 64 to 60. That's got to be Kalen Lucas, I think. Six years ago. Yeah, Kalen Lucas. Yeah, I think. I don't know. Gary Harris. By the way. You in scoring that day. Oh, Gary Harris and uh, what's his name? Uh, Appling. Keith Appling. Appling was uh, oh, Valentine was on that team too. Denzel Valentine. Denzel. By the way, uh, two of those guys on this team uh, supposedly uh, the reason Izzo almost lost his job was because two of the players supposedly <sighs> there was a big article about Michigan State sexual assault and how the basketball team, the football team, but two of the players on that team were um, got in trouble with cops. Which I just reminded of because I remember the two players right now, and I'm like, oh god, Adrian Payne, Adrian Payne, Appling. 
Oh. Again, uh, weird thing to talk about. Yeah. That's um, yeah. yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? So closing it out, we feel like it's Gonzaga. It is the Gonzaga like Invitational Illinois. to me. but Yes, I agree. Uh, hopefully we can finally get that monkey off of Fuse back. And there's years where he couldn't make it to the Final Four, and they got to the finals. And now there's this theory that when he's going to finally win it. And I actually do think – I actually do think that this is a year. Um, That's why if I, I see had the to... Tarkanian parallels. There's Tarkanian was a weirder looking dude. <laughs> I... Yeah, he was. He was literally a shark. He no. He he looked like a character from like Uncle Fester. Yeah, he looks like Uncle Fester, and yeah, I I don't. It's just weird. I, I don't. The comparison is different because when I think of LJ and I think of like, I, I mean, program wise. Correct, correct. No, I, I know what you're talking about. It just it's different. The type of players that Gonzaga's winning with is so different to me. But well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, no. What I mean that is that like UNLV you would play have... jail ball and they'd be happy with that. That's. No, I mean, but like you had Sabonis, you had uh, Zach Collins. Kelly Olynyk, you've got a lot of people that got the NBA. Adam Morrison, but they're just Dan yeah, Pigau. they're different type of players. And even this year, they got Suggs, uh, Kisper. Who's the other guy? And they got three guys that are probably going to play the pro. So yeah. I, I agree. I would. It's so funny when we talk about non-major conferences. It always comes out like Memphis, Calipari, or Tarkanian. UNLV, and what always makes me uncomfortable is like those are like two of the notorious cheaters, and I don't feel like she's cheating. So <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm trying to figure out. Is there another analogous? Like, is there a, a coach that we can compare him to? I guess you could make the argument pre Big Big East, like almost like some of those teams that were like randomly good, but they weren't associated with conferences. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe. Probably like the Digger Phelps Notre Dame teams. Maybe. You're right. That's a good example. But, yeah, I, it's just weird because when I think of I, – I get what you're trying to say is that non-conference – they're not in the major conferences and they dominate their conference and they, they always do pretty well in the tournament. It's just odd when I'm like, well, Tarkanian sued the NCAA. <laughs> he got a million dollars. And Calipari somehow – you know, I think they vacated that Final Four, didn't Memphis, they? yeah. Yeah. So it's just random. But, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Uh, let's talk about this one last thing. During COVID, I thought that these administrations were not going to fire coaches. I am shocked how many coaches were fired. Like, a lot of coaches were from Minnesota, Iowa State, Indiana, uh, I think there were a few others that I read, but I was just shocked. already got a job. Yeah, and I was shocked that with the amount of money that these schools are losing this year, that they were willing to still fire their coaches. Just thought it was weird. Priorities, man. Priorities. Well, and then Harbaugh didn't get fired at Michigan, which confuses me too. So I don't definitely. know. Well, I thought he was going to be the next coach of the Jets, but. Well, the ironic part about that is you forget he was like two and four, two and. Oh, they were atrocious. Six. They shouldn't even have beaten Rutgers this year. 
yeah, uh, somehow Rutgers comes up in this conversation. We have to we have to limit our Rutgers conversation because uh, I know if if we were talking about this four years ago, Rutgers would never come out of our mouths. No. It would just be a tongue in cheek joke. We'd say Rutgers to well again. Make that's a, our it, buddy Phil laugh. But it's a t- it's a testament to coaching, right? Greg Schiano comes back and they're at least respectable, decent. Yeah. I agree with that. No, I just I tend to think. Yeah, I just it's been weird to see how many coaches got fired in basketball in a year where COVID happened and you had teams that had to stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. Um, yeah, I just been reading articles about. I was born on campus at IU, and it's just like, how is IU the elite any yet, and why has why has every Patino says he won't take the job. Steve Alford won't take the job. <laughs> and I, I, I think the ironic part is supposed, uh, supposedly they're going to try to get Brad Stevens, who why would he leave the Celtics? I think they're going to get Beeline, which is just going to be weird. Or uh, supposedly Drew. Drew's the other guy they're considering getting. That's a tough job. I, I think it's a weird job in general. Um I I would say Beeline is probably the best stopgap, but you're going to have to find a coach in about five, six years because he's old. Yeah, yeah. And I think Chris Beard would be a good option, but I think that he was trained by Bob Knight to hate IU, so (laughs) he's not coming. And I don't – I think Scott Drew is a few seasons away from having NCAA issues. (laughs) Just That's my prediction. I'm just saying. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's been a year, weird year all around, but, but I mean, least... we got a tournament where no, if you think about it, we don't have a single blue blood that is actually somehow Gonzaga's a blue blood, and we don't really consider it a blue blood in this tournament. But no Kentucky, no Duke, no Michigan State leadering. Um, bad UNC team. Bad UNC team. We have Georgetown back, but they're literally snuck in. Snuck in, and they're a 12 seed. We have a Michigan State who's in the playing game. <laughs> we got Villanova with, like, missing their best player. Yeah, their best player who probably is the biggest difference maker for even in that conference. He might have been the difference maker to that team, maybe being a, a, a potential Final Four team, to now they're just no point guard. Yeah, it, no. It just, it's a weird year in general, and – Michigan, you could consider them maybe a blue blood from like, you know, they've got a history of going to the Final Four with Beeline and everything. But again, then they have an injury. It, it's just a weird year. These traditional teams, like a crummy Syracuse team again, like. Well, I, they've been like that for a while now. Um, it's just weird. Like, you know, UConn is the same, has been kind of floundering. Um, Kansas, it's not a Kansas year. They're a Even, three seed, and I would argue that Kansas. That they should not be. Yeah, they should not be a three seed. They might be a four or five. Um, yeah, it's just a very weird year. And I also question whether or not this is a trend because Duke and Kentucky reload every other year. But their problem is they, their class, these, some of these freshman classes are not as good as they've been. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. It might be fun, or we might have like a Butler UConn. Fuck them. Well, as long as it's fun getting there. I agree, but I tend to believe that if I have to – you know, if there's like a Texas Tech 
you know, some of these teams where I say it's great to watch them win, but it's horrible to watch their games because they grind you out, and it's just disgusting to watch after a while. There are yeah. few teams like that, but I agree. The con- the contrasting styles, it's there's so much, there's so many elements to it, and that's why it's one of the best times of the year. So let's let's create this. How far do we see Rutgers going? Just for our friend Phil. So and here's Jim. the here's the uh, funny thing, as you said, we shouldn't talk about Rutgers. I was watching the CBS tournament show right after yes. the the selection show, and Wally sure. Zerbiak actually said, as like one of those crazy predictions, Rutgers Elite Eight. <laughs> By the way, can you bet on a team making it to a certain like? I don't even think they have a line like that. Like, hey, can you bet on Rutgers going to Elite Eight? Because I want to see what the odds are because they can't be that good. I would say if they make it to the second weekend, that's the limit of their abilities. But I actually don't know. Look, I'm picking them to win in the first round. I am. I too. don't have any. I have no faith in it. I'm just. It, it's a. It kind of reminds me of when Northwestern went for the first time ever, and it became like a Cinderella story to pick them to win out, and then they won the first game. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that, but. Then you realize Rutgers has actually been the tournament, although I don't remember the last time it was. Nineteen ninety one, Bob Wenzel coaching. They were before they went to the Big East. They were still a ten. By the way, I saw a weird. You know how many conferences they've been in the last like five, like ten years, something like that. They've I hopped, thought that was the. They've hopped around. Yeah, that's another stat that. Well, we but but part out. of it was because the Big East collapsed and they were going for football and they went to the AAC and then. The Big Ten money came in because they were trying to get to the New York market. By the way, this is a. By the way, this is another place where I've argued that they should have just gone after UConn. UConn's close enough where you could have gotten the New York market, in my opinion. Just my opinion. I don't know. Should have gone after UConn. I don't know if that gets you the New York. If it encompasses as much as. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, would you rather have Rutgers or UConn? And if if you had UConn there, do you think that they would have had this issue, this lull for this period of time? No, not at all. Well, the basketball, the football would still be atrocious. Yeah, but Rutgers football, it's not like you – it's not like Rutgers football is just, you know, earth-shattering amazing. No, it's not. <laughs> what was it? I think since they've joined, I think they've got like a total of four low ends. So it's a crazy – it's a crazy stat. It's well, yeah, thank, stat. thanks to Shiano. Shiano like improved it dramatically. Yes, yes. But again, it's COVID prime. year. It's a COVID year, so we can't – uh, that's the other thing is – I think for the basketball season, if Gonzaga wins, they played enough games, uh, Gonzaga, and I think the tournament is stupid-proof where you can't. I will argue that the college football season was the most ridiculous one I've ever seen. It was absurd. We should just throw it out. It's absurd. It's absurd that the Pac-12 had, what, four games? (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) And they still got to, like, actually act like those four games were, like, a normal season. It's ridiculous. And there's actually schools playing now. Yeah, that was another thing. Was uh, if you look at uh, was it Trey Lance played one game with North Dakota State or was it yeah North Dakota was yeah it? Northern or Northern African North Dakota State wasn't it North Dakota State and they're actually playing now and the only reason he's not playing is because there he would have to be training for the draft and play and it was too much of an injury risk. So the ironic part about that is like. Did I didn't even know that the non-division one teams are playing in the spring. I did not know this. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. 
I yeah, did not know this. I, the only reason I knew that is because uh, when I was checking scores on the score app, it had college football live. Oh, no, no, I saw. No, I knew this when uh, Dion played or Dion oh, that's coaching. Right. That's right. And somebody oh, sold a bunch of stuff. stuff. Yes. Yeah. I knew that, but I didn't know it until I saw that. So that was the weird part. Additionally, I completely forgot the Ivy League decided not to play uh, this year uh, because I would love to have bet for the Ivy League team that plays an SEC school because <laughs> it always happens. <laughs> Every year it's an uh, SEC school. <laughs> it did give us one at large. so there. That is true, which means that I should not be complaining about being in the playing game because it – means that more people are in the bubble i don't know i i don't know i you know it would be amazing let's pray for this i would love to see somebody have a COVID outbreak and have one of these on what do you call it standby games standby teams so louisville just <laughs> comes in yeah gets... it would just be funny because it would just be like and i i don't know if you read this but it's it's very strange like it has to be Thursday. They have to be standby for the Thursday games, but I think they by Saturday they are not standby teams. They got to go home by Saturday, but they can be playing standby for Friday or Saturday. <laughs> so the whole concept is like: Can you imagine if like a four seed decides like they get a COVID outbreak and then all of a sudden yeah, you go Louisville? Yeah, UVA can't play and Louisville gets. Yeah, and then and then Louisville is the four seed, and you're like, why? What? Right, but and the, then all of a sudden, but the whole standby thing, like I fully didn't understand it. Right, so say. Yeah. Colgate had an outbreak. Then would Loyola Maryland, who they beat in the final, go or the or Louisville? Because I thought I they know. had I, to be. I read the rules and it they had tried to, be one to team read from the conference, right? I thought, but I read the rules and I just was so confused. I go, why do we have four standby teams and why do we have? And then supposedly there was a scenario where Duke could make the tournament. If, and then I was like, why would Duke ever make the tournament? It doesn't make any sense. What are we talking about here? And so no, no, absolutely it was just. Not odd and so i don't know i uh, this has just been the strangest year ever i hope we don't have a COVID outbreak however the the acc tournament was fascinating i don't understand how i don't know they're college kids that's that's the thing that scares me the most no no yeah and that's what i'm saying is they're college kids they're gonna be stuck in indianapolis and bored out of their minds Bored of their minds. They picked possibly the worst state to go. <laughs> uh, well, it and doesn't then, matter wherever they are. They're stuck. So They're stuck, but I mean, at least if you gave them like, scenery, like scenery, like if you get the beach outside your hotel room or something like that. Yeah, they're not going to be in South Beach. That's true. You're right. Uh, but I, I tend to think we could either see really good basketball or it could be the worst basketball we ever so seen. So you're almost saying you'd rather be at the NIT bubble. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'd rather be in Dallas. He'd rather Although, be in Dallas. The, Dallas is supposed to get hit with a snowstorm today or tomorrow <laughs> and flood, stuff like that. So, so it's really 2020s not giving up. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. True, I agree with that. But, but uh, we shall see. Yes. Uh, but the tournament will start tomorrow. Um, yeah, let the go games stay. begin. Go, go Hoyas. And uh, hopefully our teams don't run into each other when we get in the tournament. Because that would mean – you imagine if an 11 and a 12 seed got to play. That, that would be would apocalyptic. That, yeah, you and I would probably start crying and we'd be like, I love 
love this. I don't even care which team goes to the final four. I don't even care. I'm rooting for your team. You're rooting for my team because we just want to see it happen. We want chaos. <laughs> yeah, we just want chaos. Um, by the way, if that actually happened, the ratings would actually not go down. But if no, it went, happened, not, not with every, those two schools. Yeah, but if it was everywhere else in an 11 and 12 seed, got every the ratings would be so horrible. <laughs> yeah, if it was like I, I'm not gonna pick any random schools, but yeah. Rutgers, if it's Rutgers, leave, Michigan leave State, Rutgers out of this. Michigan State or Georgetown, um, Loyola, Chicago, and uh, uh, VCU. It would, it would be like FGCU <laughs> playing like Vanderbilt or something. Well, it's Vanderbilt's possible. usually better than that, but you know what I mean. Yes. Uh, sorry, but, yeah. sorry, Vanderbilt. It's all right. We got the uh, flying Adonis foils coming. So, <laughs> but the tournament starts tomorrow. Uh, we basically don't get to start Thursday, Friday. We start Saturday, uh, Friday, Saturday. Friday, Saturday. It will be a very, very funky Monday, but it'll be entertaining. I'm not working on Monday. I'm ready. Uh, well, I'm working from home, so which means I'm probably not working. I'm just gonna play the every game on every possible TV and there you go, <laughs> iPad I have. There you go. <laughs> well, all right, sir. We uh we hopefully will get Mike back for next week's episode. Uh, good show, of course, as always, and uh, yep. We'll do this again next week and, and try to analyze what chaos happened in the first few days of the madness. Yes, and we will probably reevaluate who we think could have won and start scratching our heads because most teams have lost already. And rip up the bra- <laughs> well, we can ceremoniously rip our brackets on the podcast. Yes, or we're going to laugh because we won tons and tons of money from all of our parlay bets at 13s and 12s. <laughs> I'm hoping that one works. Yes, I'm hoping that one happens too. Uh, because we don't want to win betting on the winner this year. It feels like everybody's Gonzaga. I would bet on Gonzaga. Yeah, win nothing. Yeah. You win nothing from it. So it's better to bet on Colgate, Iona. Uh, so yeah, the takeaway is we're betting for a Colgate, Iona, Winthrop, maybe uh, a little Ohio U there. Ohio, Georgetown, which is going to be even money at that point. <laughs> it probably already is. <laughs> yeah, we there's probably eight double digit seeds that we're going to bet a ton of money on. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care if my bracket blows as long as I have tons of money from all of these bets that I'm going to make. I was mad. I only bet $25 on Georgetown to win the Big East on Saturday. The when I took Let's the be real, line. though. That's actually a smart bet, all things considered. You weren't expecting them to win all those games in a row. No, no, no. no. I didn't bet up for them to win the whole tournament. I just bet them to win the final against Creighton. Oh, Oh, it would have been great if you bet to – Oh, By the way, did you see that guy that did like a uh, what is it, twelve way parlay? Yes, yes. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen. The amount of money he won, I was like, God, that is. You think that it'd be more? Why didn't he win more money? Uh, <laughs> I, think he, I think he took money lines. Oh, that's I, weird. That is I, weird. I think that's why he did it. The... Oh, okay. Because I have a theory that if we, if it is the tournament that I expect, we could technically bet on all the 13 seeds in one parlay and 12 seeds separately. And if we win both, that would be the greatest, greatest bet ever. It'd be like, it'd like, it'd like be hitting like a tri- trifecta at the Kentucky Derby when a long shot won the race. Yes. yes. Which is what but I told I have you my this... coworker did that with 75 cents and it turned into almost five grand. Oh my God. That would be the best. That's what I'm saying is I don't even feel like I would, I'd be comfortable enough to take $75 and bet on Ohio, Winthrop, and who was the other one I was thinking about? 
Oh, Georgetown. Although the Georgetown, you're not going to get very good odds. Who cares? Even though you parlay. But I feel like the line – actually, the, the line on the Georgetown-Colorado game might be awful. But every one other game was going to be great. No, I think it was it was like two points for Colorado when it started. And everyone's like, yeah, that's, it's probably going to be oh. pick them by game time. That's horrible. That's horrible. No, I might, I might not bet on that stupid game. It's, what's the point of betting on a game that's going to be uh, pick them? Um, but, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, the Iona I, game. I shouldn't bet on my alma mater, but I, I, I could see. Yeah, I'm not betting on Michigan State until we play BYU if we bet on them. Um, but I'm definitely betting on the Iowa. Oh, Iowa, wait. Uh, Colorado Iowa. minus five right now. Okay. I could take that. If that line gets to seven, I'm betting on it. Or six. But five's, five is still – five still – five still is too scary to me. <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, Iowa uh, – Iona, I'm definitely – I think there's – didn't we say it was like 16 points? No. Nah, yeah, Iona's double digits. Yeah, if it's anything over 15 points, I'm definitely – It is, I think you. it's 15. Yeah. Yeah, it's if no, it's anything over 15. It's 16 and a half. They got to win by 17. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm betting on, I'm betting on. Yeah, like I said, this is gonna be the best ever, or we're gonna look like big idiots because <laughs> all the, the higher seeds are gonna win. <laughs> even, even Colgate is a minus is nine. It's only nine. Oh, if I, I wanted it to be fifteen, if it's fifteen, I'm betting. On, I'll by take, the way, I'll th- take the money line on Colgate. No, I'll take that. I'm taking Colgate in the points. I just think I think that's going to be a four or five point game because it's just going to be, Back it's going to be one of those games where a three at the buzzer is going to change the line, like you're going to change the money so much where I'm going to like cry, oh, make that's, the show. That's when I start throwing things around. But at that point, who's going to care? Because we're going to have such a ridiculous parlay of all the thirteens and all the twelves. <laughs> I, I feel like at that point we're just going to be in a stupor. We're just not going to care about anything. Yeah, actually, by the way. As long as I make one parlay bet that wins, I'll be fine. I don't even care. Yeah, I just, it's that's it's my goal legal goal. in D.C. now, right? I don't know. I have no idea. I, it's not legal in Virginia, so I still can't do the whole uh, bet MGM thing. It doesn't work. Oh. So, yes, uh, uh, for everybody on this, uh, Gene will have to be my bookie for another – March Madness. <laughs> March Madness. <laughs> Although I'm good for the money, we just wire. I just wire him a bunch of cash, and then every morning he's like, "What bet do you want?" And the, <laughs> the one year he apologized, I bet on Yale to cover against LSU, and the line I would have won a ton of money <laughs> on a parlay bet. D- and, I didn't. Uh, I didn't get it in time or something, right? No, you were you weren't awake, and the game had already started, and you were like so guilty. You felt so bad, and I was like, "It's all right." And I think that was the worst. Every other year I've done pretty well. That was the worst year ever, and that would have probably evened me out. Well, you know what it was, too? It was because I was in Vegas, and everything's thrown off, right? Oh, yeah, I forgot. The game's I, I, finished yeah, at, like, 9, 10 o'clock. So, yeah. so you're like, well, I should still be up. Who sleeps at 10 o'clock? And yeah, I forgot. Throws, I, I thought you were in AC, but you were and, in Vegas. And then it just right. throws you off completely. Yeah. But that would mean I I miss 9 o'clock West Coast time. Nah. We'll have fun this year. I guarantee. I'm always guaranteeing that we're gonna have fun because, why not? Well, no, you know we what? Will. We've gone through COVID. We've gone through a weird period of time. I feel like this is our time to have fun. Enjoy. Enjoy this. It's gonna be a fun tournament. It opinion. should definitely be. Yes. And with that, we bid you adieu. A nice two-hour show, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that. Mike's going to have to step his game up with the banter next week. (laughs) I agree.
we're we're just razzing you, Mike. We miss you, bud. But, Get a good mic, dude. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It was perfect mm-hmm. last time, and it just crapped out. But uh, that's the way things go. So anyway. we're gonna call them technical difficulties soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but all right, buddy. Good show as always. All right, man. Talk to we'll, you later. We'll do it again. <laughs>